0: My name is Angelina Kalinina, and you're listening to Functional Tennis Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Functional Tennis Podcast. I'm Fabio Molle, your host. Every week I try to speak to people at the top of the tennis game, from players, coaches, trainers, agents and more. This week I chat to 25-year-old WTA Top 40 player Angelina Kalinina. Angelina is the first Ukrainian player I've had in the show and she tells us her life has been travelling on the road the past four months, living week to week without access to her training base back in Kiev as well as the struggles of her family. We also chat about her junior days on the ITF development squad, the difference in, in her game from a top 150 player to a top 50 player, her 14-match win streak and more. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to check out our other episodes I've had with players such as Casper Ruud, Alex de DeMinoir, Francis TFO, Robin Soderling, Nikolai Davidenko, Anna Bondar, Liam Brody, Mirjam Bjorkland, Panna Uvardi and more. And finally, before we get started, a shout out to our podcast sponsor, Slinger, who make the awesome portable ball machine, The Slinger Bag. If you have any questions about it, feel free to let me know. I'm a long-term user. They're also expanding to Pickleball, with a specific Pickleball version coming very soon. Head over to slingerbag.com to get all the info. Okay, here's Helena. Hi, Helena. How are you?
0: Hello, Fabio. I'm good, thank
1: you. Thanks for jumping on this chat early on a Saturday morning. I I know you've been traveling, you're in Berlin now, and I know a hectic, your life's been the past four months or so. Maybe you can tell us a a bit about that. How's life? Where's your training base? Living out of a suitcase? I know tennis players always live out of a suitcase, but yours is quite extreme at at the minute. Maybe you can tell us a bit more how life's been.
0: Uh, yes, uh, that's, uh, on one side, that's a tough question because, you know, um, I still at this moment can't believe that this, how to say my English is sometimes not enough, you know, to say what I, what I want, but, uh, that this nightmare is already last like four months because I left home on 17th February with my husband. We, f- we flew to Doha to compete. It's already in one week, 17 June. So I'm like jumping from one tournament to another. Yeah, I'm basically living on the tournaments because before I have always uh, lived in Ukraine and my training base has been in Kyiv like all the time. So currently I I don't know what to tell you about my training base now and how it's going to be in the future because we're still... We can't imagine what to do. We are just planning, but now I am just like uh, jumping from the tournament to tournament and searching for the for the players, for the opportunities to leave and to practice somehow.
1: Yeah, that that's, that's extremely tough. I can only imagine.
0: Yes, yes, I'm not the only one. I'm pretty sure. So this is how for now how it works for me. I don't know about another players, but I think a lot of them i still in the same situation, just like, thanks God, I'm in that position when I can, you know, enter the, the biggest events and I can play here because I mean, here is a lot of points, great opportunities. And, uh, it's like, uh, I'm, I'm having a chance, you know, to, to break in the rankings, to move it and hopefully I will do better.
1: That is one thing. Yeah, your ranking is quite good now, where there's opportunity to pick up at least more decent paychecks. So you're not. It's probably not the biggest of struggles it would have been if you were top 200. Let's say.
0: Yes, yes, that's uh, that's absolutely uh, correct what you said. And also, I'm helping a lot of my family, a lot of my uh, grand uh, grandparents, because actually, you know, gr- my grandma and my grandfather, uh, they're in occupied territory so in uh, and it's incredibly incredibly tough for them to leave especially on the financial part so my mom uh, i'm sending to my parents my parents are sending to them you know this is just this is uh, not that positive story
1: <laughs> no and, and tell me and so they're in occupied territory they just they can't leave they just have to do what they're told more or less
0: absolutely yes they cannot leave because they can't go uh, to to the direction of ukraine they're just they only can stay there and for now eh, no one can go to to get out of there so they're stuck and they don't know basically what to do they just just in from one day to another and uh, actually there are um, so many russian soldiers there rackets uh, and all of the military stuff actually be- like behind the house basically mm-hmm. and that's how they leave yes so
1: it's scary it's scary and sad
0: it's scary yes and i have no words to 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 tell you how how do they feel and uh, i don't know
1: so your parents are in ukraine and what's life like there is it is it mo- is the city moving a little bit more now
0: yes my parents and my 18 years old brother are currently in kiev but uh, you know when the war started they barely moved were like they barely escaped from yerpin city because you know all the cities were completely also like there was a lot of bombs there and uh, rockets and uh, they barely leave that city and they were living in for 2 months in a row like almost no water, gas, heat, anything (laughs) like in a very, very small village trying to survive. And because like there was nothing there. So they basically left in like 30 minutes under the bullets, rockets and all this uh, (laughs) and all this stuff. So currently they came back to Kiev and they're staying there. I mean, but it's, you know, today is a sunny day. Tomorrow is the same situation so everyone is like leaving on their bags so the bags are ready everyone is packed so today is good tomorrow we don't know that's how how they live and that's how i live with them because i'm on the phone with them i don't know trying yeah. to be as much as possible but uh, you know it's not uh, it's it's still for everyone
1: it's crazy yeah words can't describe it and it's not a it's not a nice situation to be in has that ignited another fire in you to even perform even more because obviously it's so great great that you can support your family has that helped you at all on the court or has life been more difficult on the court i know your ranking's gone up
0: yes but i mean uh my dream would be that all this uh that this war would finish and this attack to Ukraine would finish forever and never again. But uh, this, I mean, this uh, war doesn't help me and didn't help me absolutely. It's just like uh, when I first tournament was at, at Indian Wells, And I was not even able to practice for one week because, like, I was so shocked what was going on and when the family was living under the bullets. So I didn't even practice for for about five days because I couldn't find myself in in the normal position, so mentally. And, uh, you know, this situation just (laughs) showed me how how our life can change in, like, two seconds from... uh, stable and the perfect and bright future to 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 the part where you don't know anything about tomorrow and the future in general. So I am motivated to work anyway. I was motivated before. It just happened right now in these moments when my rankings are going high and this situation uh, is going also like <laughs> with my rankings. So I think it's absolutely doesn't really... Yeah. Makes sense that uh, I'm improving in the rankings because I was my whole life working hard, and uh, I'm happy, you know, to see that the results also are coming of
1: this work. So true. It, it just well, thankfully, it's timed well from a financial point of view. And what's it like? So you travel. Your husband is your coach.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Yeah. So. That's one advantage you can have him with you all the time. Is is it challenging as well having him as you know on court and off court? So you with him twenty four hours a day. I know he's your husband, but it can be tough. <laughs>
0: yes, it can be tough. Yes, for sure, because like you know, family is always family. And uh, but you know, we're moving in the same direction. You know, we <laughs> yeah. we have uh, we have common goals and interests. So. All our life is uh, basically now is around tennis. So he understands, well, what I need, uh, how to work with me. And uh, as you said, it's hard, but you, how to say, no one will invest so much energy and work except the family. That's what, what I understood during my changing with coaches and everyone, you know. So the family is like the most important people in the life who is going to work with you no matter what. And
1: And how how have the other players been to you since this happened, has it been full support?
0: I mean, uh, actually, I just have my friends on on the tennis court, some of them. Of course, they're supporting, but in general, uh, about the players, yes, I mean, some of them yes, (laughs) some of them no, because I think. A lot of the players who, for example, they never talk to me. They're still never talking like because we just don't know each other. We never met maybe, like we just saw. So, yes, people who I'm friends and who I know from junior tennis, like, yes, it was a huge support. And uh, it was like questions with the help of accommodation, you know, everything what I need. They're ready to help. And I'm grateful, you know, that I have these people in my life.
1: Great. Well, that's, at least they're, they're supporting you. But let's quickly move on to a bit more tennis here. Uh, let's celebrate your success in tennis. Uh, let's throw back to junior days. You were on the ITF Junior Development Program. Yes. What exactly is that and what opportunities did it give you?
0: You know, this, uh, this program helps actually, first of all, it's a unique program that helps many talented players who basically don't have the financial support to play the best junior tournaments i think i was when i was on the team we played uh, six or eight weeks in a row sorry i don't remember exactly six or eight tournaments and uh, it's amazing opportunity you, you know to work in a team with the best other junior players from other countries and with the Best qualified ITF coaches, and for me that was incredible experience because my family was not um, was not, as I told you before, they don't have that financial level to, you know, to invest in these junior tournaments. So uh, basically, I was almost two months on the road, and it was. I still remember everything. Like I just don't remember if it's six or eight weeks. I don't know why because <laughs> uh, it was such a long time.
1: And what other players do we know? Any other players who are on your team at the time?
0: Uh, yes, there were like um, I think eight or ten players on a team with uh, two coaches.
1: And are any of them still playing now?
0: I don't know if they're still playing on the high level, like on the. But I think uh, some of them are playing, and their rankings between maybe two hundred, four hundred, so. At that moment, I think right now, those players are not super in the, you know, in the like not in not in top hundred. I think.
1: Yeah, okay. no. tennis is a numbers game, really, isn't it? Not everybody just just because you're high level junior doesn't.
0: Yes, uh, yes, everyone has uh, its own path and its own, you know, story. So uh, it's it's very difficult. It's very mentally on the body. So everyone can. Uh, Can handle its own physical level, so I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's tough. And you played your first WTA tournament in 2015. How old were you in 2015?
0: 2015, I was
1: 18. Okay, you're 18, and so that that was an early start for the WTA tournaments. But you didn't play one for three years after. Uh, How was it being so young playing a WTA tournament and then having to wait three years? Was that tough, or you knew you were going to get there?
0: Actually, at that moment, to be honest, I didn't know anything exactly because I think right now I understand myself at that moment that I was not mature, Fabio, and I was not conscious because everything what I was doing was like was on its own, you know, like everything. I was not paying so so much attention what I was doing, what I should do to make improvements. So I was like plain and plain. So that's, I think, also the reason why my first WTA was in 2015 and the next one only in three years, because I have it took me quite a lot of time to improve all the aspects of my game, you know, to, to jump to WTA events again, because I was mostly on ITF uh, level my whole life, and uh, I was just playing Grand Slam qualifying events, so... Took me, took me a lot of time and uh, took me a lot of improvement,
1: actually. And okay, and uh, this is a this is a two part question, or it could be the same question. Uh, you, you'll tell me the answer here. So you you were part of the ITF Junior Development Program for a while. They gave you access to a coach, but did you have a main coach after that? And when did you start working with your husband as a coach?
0: Uh, I had coaches, few coaches before my husband. I had like three or four, but currently we started with my husband, like he started to work with me because uh, before, just as a quick story. Before my husband, uh, he has been working with a uh, few junior players in Ukraine, few guys, so he was actually full-time busy. And then after, when I already, I was in that position when I was losing myself, actually. And uh, I didn't know what to do because, you know, when it's mentally doesn't work anything for you, you're like, you you feel a little bit of discouraged. And I asked him and he said, yes, I need to finish my, um, you know, my work with the guys. And then we can start from January. It was uh, actually i was in australia in january 2019 and then from 1st february when i arrived just back home from australia and open he started to work uh, with me from february 2019
1: yep okay
0: so basically this year is fourth year when he is with me he is doing full time all the job
1: great great I hope he's booking course, getting your racket strong doing everything at the minute is it just your husband coach part of the team or is there anybody else that's part of the team
0: uh, for right now, it's only my uh, husband coach, and uh, I ha- because I have uh, my physical coach at home, but he ca- currently he can't leave Ukraine due to the war and due to the age, because uh, he's quite young, so he can't leave the country to work with me and to help me. So basically, I'm just with my
1: husband all the time. Okay. Join over 10,000 people who have downloaded our free match and practice PDFs over at functionaltennis.com forward slash downloads. Our match and practice PDFs help you plan and evaluate your matches and practices. We have some other free downloads there for you too. So make sure you go over to functionaltennis.com forward slash downloads. And uh, something we like to ask guests when we, we get on some great players is obviously the challenge of breaking into the top hundred and it's it's such a goal for so many players and most don't make that goal because only a handful of players enter the top hundred every year. And tell me for you, what was important to break into the top hundred?
0: I think uh, for every player it's it's very important because you can get straight to the major of, of all four Grand Slams. And it's of course it's another four great opportunities to, to try yourself in the main draw because qualification is always like a totally different one full week tournament. So you never know how all these three matches will go. So it's quite important, of course, to start with the main draw. And you need, of course, the to start with, the I think, around 102, 99, like these rankings to get straight. So for me... Uh, Yes, it was uh, last year when I, I think I was my first, when I break it, my first ranking was like 95. And then I was able to enter US Open straight. So but of course, to to get to the top 100, you need consistency and uh, yeah i think consistency
1: what was the difference so if you look back at your game and let's say you were 150 for a while and you were you were stuck there you spent a few months there and now you've been let's say now you're top 50 you're top 40 now if you look at your game that game before and your game now what are the main differences in your game and obviously mental part of it as well that's given you the edge to be allowed to get your current ranking
0: i think it's it didn't happen like in one time. I think I was improving a lot my technical part, also my <laughs> my movement part on the court throughout the years. And now it's giving me, you know, the result. So it's not like in from last year to this year I improved. So yes, I improved a lot. But we've been working with my husband all these like four years on, on different aspects of the game. And now when it came together, you know, last year when I had Uh, 15 matches in a row on the like I played three weeks in a row and 14 matches I won and 15 I lost so that was also for me the jump where I understood that yes I can win matches I can win a lot of matches and uh, I'm I can be consistent because before I was always like three wins four wins then I was losing and I was able to keep myself in the 15 matches in a row, physically, mentally. So I think uh, you know uh, all this, all this experience, all, all the work that we were we've been doing, especially as I said, movement, technical, uh, physical part. We improved, and this helped me, you know, to to be more competitive uh, on the court, and that's why I can uh, play with the now with top hundred maybe even 50 players and uh, also we paid a lot of attention on the health because to stay healthy throughout the whole year is uh, one of the most important things <laughs> yeah so i'm uh, i'm uh, i'm happy that i'm uh, i'm healthy because uh, this is very important part
1: so what you're saying is you've basically you've got over past four years and more you've just got better at every at absolutely everything a little bit there a little
0: bit there Uh, (laughs) yes i can't say there's only one thing it's a lot of things yeah
1: yeah it sounds like everything technique movement obviously your your stamina your belief your mental your food
0: as you said now and from these all comes also confidence because confidence is not coming from nowhere
1: (laughs) and you did you said you had those three weeks in a row you got the three finals no, uh,
0: yes, the three fin-
1: finals, yeah, and then the last one I lost. So you lost the last one. Did Did you feel was there pressure on the last one to keep this run going? Let's say we talk about Egan now, who's winning matches on what nearly thirty eight matches. Is it roughly thirty seven, thirty eight? Yeah. When you're on that run, do you feel like second week, then third week was we is there pressure added to yourself saying I need to keep winning here?
0: You know, absolutely, was no pressure. I felt like uh, I am so much out of energy like i felt totally (laughs) totally dead already (laughs) so it was not enough because the last tournament was already wta before it was itf so wta was much more exhausted tournament you know from the first match to 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 the final and then also in the final was a very very tough opponent especially on clay uh so yes, I think it was just not enough. I was not enough uh, I, I I'm not saying that I would win, but for sure I would not not lose that match so easy as I think I just at some point just I didn't like physically, I was not even able you know to fight.
1: Okay, but look, you know next time next time you go on this run, you'll be even more prepared and even fitter and stronger.
0: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah.
1: And how much, how much time do you spend in the, the gym, actually? Do you spend more time now in the gym than you would have before working on strength? Uh,
0: yes, we're trying to, you know, we're trying to, to do fitness much more than before. But now I'm playing every week. So now this story is... Um, a little bit different you know because on the tournaments you can't do that much gym so currently i'm uh making it often but small but not like not a lot you know so we're working every day on different little things but i'm not spending like in for example in pre-season preparation when you do fitness when you do tennis when you do recovery and everything is like a lot so now it's uh, it's not like this it's mostly tennis and some 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 different things on small things in the gym. M-
1: main just maintaining trying to maintain your level. Yeah
0: just to keep yeah just to to keep and to maybe to improve the level because now I am yes as I told you I don't have training base so I can't do it fully as I did it before.
1: And Speaking of health and fitness and that, you guys have access to WHOOP data, which WHOOP, for those who don't know, is a little wristband that you wear that gets your heart rate data and gives you analytics afterwards. Do you do you use that and do you enjoy using it?
0: No, I don't use that, but I use my own heart rate, how to say, monitor. I use it on my own and uh, I I use it a lot, especially, you know, during the preparations and after breaks. I mean, you never want to be, uh, I don't know, injured or, or sick, but it's, it happens sometimes. So especially after breaks and all my preparations, it's very important you always to understand how the body handle all the pressure and where to add, you know, physical activity and where to, to reduce it. So you have always to keep, uh, to pay attention to what's going on with your heart and with your body in general.
1: Okay, interesting to hear that you use that data. That's, that's great. And quickly, we're going to move on to Wimbledon. Are you, You're playing Wimbledon?
0: Yes. I'm, I'm planning to play Wimbledon,
1: yes. Great, because I'm sure some players won't play.
0: I, I don't know. I don't know. A lot of players are actually signed. Uh, everyone, I think, signed.
1: <laughs> I think the money's too good not to play and it is Wimbledon as well. Like it's such a prestigious yeah, event. Why uh, yeah, I think yeah. players who decide not to play are just crazy. And I—that's I, 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 my own thought on it. But
0: yes, you already answered almost the whole question. It's very prestigious, and it's—it's it's a big privilege to participate in this event. You know, for everyone.
1: <laughs> yeah, and yeah, so many players dream of playing there, and I don't know why you yeah. give up this opportunity. But anyway, so you're preparing for the grass court season. How are, you, how are you feeling uh,
0: <laughs> that's a good question because uh, on the grass uh, for now we're not friends with the grass <laughs> I'm trying to, to find <laughs> to find solutions and connections <laughs> to, to, to have better relationship with the grass but uh, currently I'm get used to it uh, I, I played last week in Hertog I'm not last week I played this week in Hertog and bush mm. so um, Uh, Then next week, Berlin, Eastbourne and Wimbledon. So hopefully, finally, because, uh, you know, this is my first experience where I can play uh, all the weeks on the grass. Before, uh, some years where I was playing on clay court and then I was jumping on just Wimbledon just like five days before I came and and I was playing qualification of Wimbledon so with this current rank and I can sign for all of these WTA on the grass and play and get prepared so now I'm searching for the for for my game and I'm practicing without any expectations because you know I feel like I don't really understand still this surface. I know what I have to do, but a lot of things are not really <laughs> working for me. So I am taking it, trying to take it easy, and trying to say yes, okay. I am not good on this surface, uh, but uh, I will improve. I will do, uh, do my best, you know, to to find uh, find a way.
1: That's all you can do. And you played junior Wimbledon. Yes. How did you get on?
0: Actually on the on that with the junior with the itf junior um program uh we've been playing gary gary Weber event in germany juniors and uh uh, then we played rahampton juniors and then we played wimbledon so there was also many many years ago when i played three tournaments in a row and i actually felt pretty good on the on the last one so at wimbledon uh, i was I was already like, yes, I had a lot of matches before. So, uh, yeah, that was uh, very good that I was able to play three in a row. Now, after so many years, I'm playing four, hopefully.
1: Okay, well, hopefully you you, you find your feet by the time you get to Wimbledon in a few weeks' yeah. time. And just a couple more questions. Off-court, so when you're not playing tennis not working in the gym what do you do to relax and to take your mind off tennis and off what's going on in the world i'm sure it's impossible to take your mind off that but what do you like to do to try and relax
0: yes uh, it's uh, for for right now it's impossible to to get my mind out of of this situation in ukraine or, or the situation of my family in the millions of ukrainians but currently I'm trying to to relax my brain a little bit with the, you know, I'm not doing anything special. Maybe sometimes it's a book, sometimes it's a, it's great movie. And, uh, uh, sometimes it's a visit to go to visit somewhere depends on the city. So I don't know, it could be right now. I'm not doing this, but uh, in general, I like to, to go somewhere to visit something, to see something uh, great. Yeah. But now, you know, now it's not that time.
1: Yeah. No, true. And finally, a question we like to ask all our guests is just advice for, we have a lot of parents and junior tennis player listeners. Looking back at you, had, a, you, had a, you had a good junior career. And what advice would you have for junior tennis players there who dream of being a top WTA or ATP player one day?
0: Um, my advice would be for sure, uh, that you have to, you should enjoy the process. It's not about the final, um, it's not about the, you know, the final destination where you're like finishing and you're like, yes, I'm the winner. It's about the road. So you have to enjoy your whole road, your own path, your, your ups and downs. Of course, it's not always enjoyable and I understand it, but uh, anyway, just love what you do respect your work and uh, yes believe in yourself because uh, hard work and beliefs uh, first and for also for different players it works in different ways so don't don't look around so much because you will not see what's going on uh, you know um, what's going on with you because if you're gonna pay so much attention that this person is having these results, this player is having these results. Oh, this guy's already, he's my age and he's already almost top 50. So, this all distracts you. So, you have your own way. You keep working hard. You're enjoying and you work with your team, family, whatever. And just believe in yourself that, okay, this is our goals. This is our small goals. This is our big goals. And just go, 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 go.
1: So, work on yourself. Don't think of others. Believe in yourself. And give it your best shot.
0: And yes, enjoy. And for sure, enjoy the process. Because enjoy the process, not only the results when you're just winning.
1: I think most, no matter if it's tennis or any jobs, you're going to have your good days and bad days. Obviously, tennis is a bit more for extreme. Sure. But every even everyday life, you have your ups and downs. So it's, you just try find, do something you enjoy doing and hopefully enjoy playing tennis. But uh, one other question. Who, As a young player, did you have anybody that you looked up to from a tennis perspective that gave you inspiration to be a tennis player one day?
0: Uh, first player that comes on my mind is a Chinese player uh, Nali or Lina, how to say?
1: Lina. So, um,
0: Lina, yeah. So that player, I was always looking to her. I think I was basically watching all her matches. I mean, I, I loved her style of the game. I like how she was playing, how she was moving, her technique, I think she was she was amazing.
1: Great. Well, look, and Helena, thank you very much for your time. I hope the world gets back to normal sooner than later.
0: Yeah, we pray for peace. And
1: you can see your family soon because I I know I won't, I'm not going to say I know how that feels, but I can only imagine how it feels. So thank you very much. I'm best of luck.
0: Thank you very much, Fabio, for support and thank you very much for having
1: me today. Hope you enjoyed that episode with. And Helena. It's great to get those insights, terrifying insights from her. But if you did enjoy it, make sure to check out all our other podcast episodes. You can head over to functionaltennis.com forward slash podcast, where there's a list of some player episodes there. Until next week. Bye.